0: Let's pray first. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of studying your word together tonight. Anoint our ears to hear it accurately, our hearts to receive it, our minds to be open to it. Change us by what we hear from glory to glory. And we believe, dear Father God, will conform to the very image of Jesus, and that your word will take root and produce fruit in each of our lives, and that we'll be shining lights in the world of darkness, holding forth the word of life to this, the generation that you have called us to reach influencing those in our circle of influence with the life-changing truths of the gospel. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost, and we'll give you all praise, honor, and glory for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about last week releasing our faith and saying that you can have faith in your heart for something, but if you don't release it, you're not going to get what you want. You may have faith, so it means you have faith, but you may not receive it. Anybody need a copy of the notes, just raise your hand. I came across this particular testimony that I want to use as an introduction tonight. And it is, it's lengthy, but it is extremely powerful. And the principles that you'll receive from this are instructional, that will help, not just in the area of healing, although this deals with healing, the woman was healed of MS, multiple sclerosis and it helps in any area of faith, we have some in the front here that need copies as well so uh, I want to read this to you if you don't mind sit back, relax, not too much, don't fall asleep but listen intently to this testimony, it's the testimony of Gertrude Tyser healed of multiple sclerosis I want to tell you about a miracle and this miracle happened to me how? by one prayer after I had the correct instructions about divine healing everything that we receive from God comes through grace by faith I had multiple sclerosis for more than 15 years I could not walk around without stumbling and falling many times I was in a wheelchair I often broke my bones. But I firmly believe that the Lord was going to heal me. Keep that in mind. If there is no cure for the illness humanly possible, it matters not. Healing comes from God and there is nothing impossible with Him. My church did not teach divine healing, but my Bible does. Can you say amen to that? So if your church does not teach you about divine healing, your Bible teaches it and then she gives some scriptures that we'll talk about later these words put God in the present tense that he is the great I am not the great I was he's the same yesterday today and forever she goes on to say I became more and more paralyzed one doctor told me that the day would come when I would be completely blind and thus it was the optic nerves were paralyzed leaving me completely blind then one day they told me not to stay alone for before the next 24 hours would go by I would be completely paralyzed and so it was the ambulance came and they took me to the hospital but on the way I said everybody say I said last week we talked about we release faith by saying I said to the boys that took me you forgot something they answered what did we forget Gertrude I said you don't, did not bring my shoes Oh, they said, what in the world is a paralyzed person going to do with shoes? You can't use them. You won't need them. I said, oh, yes, I am going to need those shoes. One of these days, the Lord is going to heal me, and I will need those shoes to get out of the hospital. I believe with all my heart that God was going to heal me, but I did not know how to appropriate my healing. Many people came to pray for me. I firmly believe that all the prayers that were said by my family and friends on my behalf were heard by God. When we pray in faith for someone God hears and considers that prayer perhaps the answer is delayed but it's never denied. While I was in a hospital I had three heart attacks and one stroke. Every time they would put me under an oxygen tent I would think there's room for two, Jesus and me. The nurse would come and say don't say a word you must not waste your breath. One does not have to speak in a loud voice to Jesus. I would pray and feel his presence and I knew the answer was on the way. This was my prayer O Lord make me whole again. Don't just make me better but make me whole entirely whole again. I remembered how Jesus asked the impotent man "Wilt thou be made whole? And I answered that question yes Lord make me entirely whole again. Preparation for healing the Lord had to deal with me concerning many things I had worked in the church for 25 years and thought I was doing pretty good I'm going to say ouch here but the Lord thought otherwise one day he said to me do you love your neighbor like yourself all the time and all of them I answered no Lord how can I win some I don't even like he taught me how to love them through the love of Jesus Christ yes you can love your neighbor through the love of Jesus Christ he dwells in us and we in him so it's possible to love others such as he loves them them. the Lord also dealt with me concerning doubt fear and unbelief things I never considered as sin for three months he taught me about those things that were within me that were not according to his holy will I finally became completely paralyzed so that I could not do one thing except talk to Jesus. I knew that the Lord was with me and when we know he is with us we can stand on all the disappointments in life. One day they covered me up with a sheet for they thought I was gone. I could only move one hand so when they saw that move they came and took the sheet off. I was always asking those that came to visit me to bring my shoes no one responded for everyone thought I would not need shoes or clothes or shoes it wasn't their fault they didn't know Christ as their healer I would say to them bring me some shoes for when the Lord heals me I'm going to need them one day the head doctor came to see me and said Gertrude I would like to know your attitude about yourself the night before I had suffered much thirst and spasm produced thirst and they would not give me water to drink at night for fear I would swallow my tongue now came the question I want to know your attitude about yourself, he said. I asked him if he wanted an honest answer or if he wanted me to joke. He said he wanted an honest answer, so I answered, I do not see myself lying here less than a human being. Then he said, how do you see yourself? I said, I see myself walking with shoes on. Oh, he said I'm sorry I ever asked you that question. That will never be. You will never be different from what you are now. So I answered, according to you I will never be different, but you have not considered my Lord. One of these days he's going to heal me and I'm going to walk with shoes on. His answer was, that's your imagination. He thought that for he did not believe the Bible. But I know that God gave me a faith vision concerning myself walking just as he gave Abraham a vision when he was going into a far country. I was tired of being in that room in the hospital. One day I asked the nurses if they would take me outside, put me under a tree. I know there were trees out in the yard having been in the hospital many times before when I was in a wheelchair. They called for the head nurse and she said Gertrude do you realize that if we were to take you outside we would have to have enough men to carry you in the bed and all? Don't, think this is, don't you think this is unreasonable? And I answered yes and she dropped the request. One day a woman came into my room, her name was Beatrice, and asked me do you believe that God can heal you and that and do you want me to pray? I answered yes to both questions and she said a short prayer and left. But as she was leaving the room an audible voice came to me and said I sent this woman to you. Audible. Beatrice said no I was frantic for I had no way of knowing what the woman looked like for I was blind so I called on the person in the next bed and asked him to call this woman when she was by my bed, I said to her, God spoke to me and said that he sent you to me. Beatrice said, I am so glad you called me back. I was in my home in Maryland. Now she's in Las Vegas, Nevada. When God spoke to me and asked me to come to Las Vegas, Nevada and visit all the incurable wards and ask people if they wanted me to pray for them. He added that one day a woman would say to me that God sent me to her. I was getting tired of the, getting the cold short shoulder as I went around asking do you believe God can heal you and do you want me to pray? Oh I'm so happy that Beatrice obeyed God and traveled from one end of the country to the other to do His will once she knew who she was to pray for she started to fast without food and without water in spite of that terrible heat she obeyed our Lord every evening she would come to the hospital to pray for me and every day I was worse she found me on July 1st and three nights after that on July 4th she was told that my grandson, who lived in the same city, had been called and asked to make arrangements to take care of my body. When she got to my bedside, she asked, do you still believe that God can heal you? My answer was yes. Then she asked, even now? Again, my affirmative answer. This time she asked, do you realize that this is the last opportunity? It has to be now or never? My answer was yes, I know. Beatrice then said, if you bring a glass of water, if I bring a glass of cold water and place it here beside your bed, do you believe that if you would drink it, it would quench the terrible thirst you have? Oh yes, I said that's easy to believe. She said, now if I bring a glass of cold water and place it here by your bed, but you do not drink it, you would still believe that it would quench your thirst, but you would still be thirsty because you did not drink the water though you believed. That is what you are doing with healing. You believe that God can heal you, but there's no contact of faith. Think about that. It's necessary that you accept your healing in a definite way, even as you accepted Christ as your personal Savior. There are many sinners who believe that Jesus died for their sins and was resurrected from the dead, but still remain sinners because they have not accepted salvation for themselves that is what you are doing with healing, you believe that God can heal you but it's necessary that you take this healing or receive this healing right now that is true faith, oh God knows the intentions of our heart he knows our spiritual condition, he knows our spiritual stature, he knows if we truly believe in his greatness and power, Beatrice told me raise my hands, T- told her raise her hands and pray, I lifted my heart to God I raised my one finger that I could move and said to the Lord, Lord I take my healing this moment. I take it like water. I accept it. I believe. But I'm afraid. She was honest. Of a truth there is no room for fear. Fear indicates unbelief. I said to God I'm afraid that you will ask of me something that I'm unable to do. I fear that I'm not capable of fulfilling that which you would ask of me to do. The Lord then spoke to me in an audible voice and said go and say that God healed you go to those that believe in divine healing and go to those that do not believe those who mock and scorn and tell them that God healed you I then answered Lord yes I will go it was at this point I saw Jesus standing by the side of my bed when I saw Jesus I could see the entire room Jesus restored my sight I must say here that when I saw Jesus, I saw all except his face, which was but a very bright light. Then the Lord touched me with the tips of his fingers and healed me completely. Many have asked, what did you feel? I will tell you what I felt. Fire started to go from my head all through my body and my body had been like ice. The divine heat circulated all through my body and I started to feel my bones crack for my muscles were like cement my hands and feet were all twisted, my body was a big arch my head and feet touching the bed but the rest of my body in the air my bones ached as the Lord was straightening them, but it did not matter about the pain for my eyes were on Jesus and when we have our eyes on Jesus pain doesn't matter he told me many things that night, he ordered me to stay in the hospital three days and three nights that I might testify to all that God had healed me and speak about salvation Jesus said to me, I'm not returning you to your old life. You can't live on your own anymore. I am loaning your life to you that you might testify about me. I will take care of you. So, I know I'm living on borrowed time, but that doesn't matter. The important thing is that I obey him. Many people have asked, what did you say to Jesus? I tell you, when one is in the presence of the Lord, you don't say anything. You listen to what he has to say, and you will hear it. With every fiber of your body. And you will never forget it. For a while Jesus left. I did not get up. I had a bitter fear of saying that God had healed me. I was not prepared to tell them. And they were not prepared to hear me. Of a truth the city of Las Vegas was not prepared to see the evidence of God. Someone finally brought me a pair of shoes. So I got up and I put them on afterwards they asked me if it was difficult to walk since I had not walked for such a long time I said oh no it was, it was difficult to stay on the floor under the powerful anointing of God I felt like I could float for, for two weeks I felt like I was walking on my tiptoes I walked out in the hall and one of the patients who saw me raised his hands and said glory to God look what the Lord has done for Gertrude there were people in the hall and as they would see me they would fall on their knees and start to pray They were calling on God upon seeing the evidence of someone who had been completely paralyzed now walking. I walked into the nurse's room. I did not mean to hurt them but two of them passed out when they saw my face. They had to carry them out on stretchers. Later they told me that my face had been discolored and bags of water under my eyes. When the Lord healed me he wiped it all off my face and gave me a natural face. One of the head nurses came she went into hysterics and said Gertrude you can't be here because you can't sit you can't walk and I've signed the last papers on you, you can't see and you can't stay here, then I said to her oh yes I can be here, I'm just like you look at my hands, God has healed me, they're not like the hands of a paralytic person I'm just like you, then she said to me I know that you can't be alive, this is not you that is here, tell me how many people helped you get down the hall, I said just one, she said who was it? Jesus my lord they called the superintendent of the hospital he had known me for years for I had been in and out of this hospital many times and he knew my condition now he said Gertrude I'm an unbeliever but now that the lord has come and worked a miracle in this hospital this hospital has rocked on its heels ever since Jesus came to heal you no one has worked in this part of the hospital but that doesn't matter look at what the lord has done here was an unbeliever admitting that Jesus had worked a miracle yes it was a miracle for had been a healing I would not have learned to walk, I would have had to learn to walk God left many signs for them, one was the sign of the bed people would come and touch the bed and it would give them a shock then I understood that when Jesus came and anointed me for healing he anointed the bed also and left it as a sign for unbelievers the next morning they came to doctor a bed sore. I asked them did you come to doctor me? they said this is duty I told them go ahead and what a surprise they found the place just like the palm of my hand. They exclaimed this truly is a miracle for the flesh had flaked away so that we could see the bone and it doesn't heal like this. Praise God for his perfect work and signs for the unbelievers. This did not take place in a corner but in a public place so that people could see the manifestation of the power of God. I told the director of the hospital, I would only be here for three days and three nights. But he said, no, you've got to be here for 30 days for observation. I said, it's impossible. Jesus said three days and three nights, and that's it. When it came time to sign the final papers, the phone rang, and the nurse said to the doctor, it is your chief of staff. He answered, lay that phone down. for I, If I take that call, the time will be past when Jesus Christ told Gertrude should go, and I don't want that on me. Oh, yes, they obeyed what the Lord said. Another thing that they noticed was the change in my handwriting. Some said that I, had not the same, I was not the same person. So I said to them, I know you have a psychiatrist here in the hospital. Bring him here. He came and I said to him, take me to your part of the hospital and ask me any question you want for I'm still me. Jesus came and made me whole. The psychiatrist looked at me for a while then he said, oh no I'm not going to examine you for the one who performed the healing will give you the answers and I'll be left here like a fool. Many things happened in those three days and nights that that I was in the hospital. They called my grandson, Tom, and asked him to come to the hospital immediately. He is the one who had been asked to prepare to take care of my body. I was walking down the hall when I saw him coming, and I called him. Look, Tom, look what the Lord has done for me. He came and made me whole again. Someone said to me, Tom can't hear you. He's in complete shock. They worked on him for hours. When he came to me, when he came to, rather, he said, when I saw you walking... It was when I went into shock. I never saw you walking before. I remember the grandma who pulled one foot and scraped the other. I remember the one who held the walls. Why didn't they tell me that Jesus had healed you? I still wanted to go outside and see the trees. I want to tell you this so that you will see how easy it is to get out of the will of God. The Lord told me to stay in the hospital three days and three nights. He he did not say anything about going outside, but I still wanted to know what it would be like like to breathe the fresh air. I went outside and stood under under one tree thinking this is just like I thought it would be wonderful to see trees and partake of fresh air then one of the nurses tapped me on the shoulder and said what are you doing here don't you know that the halls are full of people wanting to know if you can really walk when I heard this I knew that I had gone outside thinking only of myself and and that I was outside of the will of God Jesus wanted me to testify to the people as I stepped back into the hospital I saw a black man sitting in a wheelchair I got near him and he asked aren't you the woman they used to bring into this hospital tied to a wheelchair so she wouldn't fall? I said, yes, I am. He asked, aren't you the woman that used to fall out of the bed with spasm? I said, yes, I am. Again, he said, are you not the woman who was blind? I said, yes, I am. He said, tell me about your Jesus, for I don't know him. What a blessing it is to be in the will of God and be able to guide people that are lost souls to Jesus. One day I was walking down the hall praising God when I saw a man, this is amazing, on a stretcher at the door of the operating room he was ready to be willed in the operating room to be operated on he had witnessed my paralytic condition and when he saw me walking and praising God he said if God can heal Gertrude he can heal me too he wrapped the sheet around him got off the stretcher went to his room got dressed and walked right out of the hospital Two years later I met the man on the street and asked him if he had signed his dismissal papers and he said no because Jesus Christ has demis- dismissed him and he did not have to have any papers signed. Then I asked him did you ever have the operation? He said no I didn't need it. The Lord knew that he w- what was going on and, uh, and t- he, he knew he was going to accept divine healing at the last moment he saw to it that the spinal they gave him did not take effect. <laughs> he ran out with a spinal. Bible evidences take place. Those three days in the hospital I witnessed what is written in Mark 2.2. 2. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much about the door. And he preached the word unto them. The people filled the halls day and night, even staying until 2 o'clock in the morning. They wanted to see the evidence of God. In closing, I want to tell you about Mr. Martin. He was in charge of us eight hours a day. When Jesus came to me to heal me, he had this day off. So the following day the Lord said go to Mr. Martin so I went to Mr. Martin and said Mr. Martin look at me Jesus came and made me whole again he didn't turn he had his back to me but rather said you go away woman and I went away again the Lord said go to Mr. Martin so I went the second time to him and said Mr. Martin look at me Jesus came and made me whole again but Mr. Martin refused again saying you go away I am not going to look at you I returned to the people standing in the hall and the third time the Lord said go to Mr. Martin so I went and this time I said Mr. Martin please look at me for Jesus has said to me three times go to Mr. Martin and you know how far it is from my place with one hall going this way one hall going that way so please look at me then Mr. Martin turned and said yes I'm going to look at you when I had my day off was the time you were to have died that is why I did not want to look at you when you came the first time, when you came the second time I had heard rumors about a miracle of healing I am a good Catholic and they don't teach me in my church that God can do miracles in my part of the hospital Mr. Martin did not mind seeing a miracle but he wanted it in a church, he wanted it in a cathedral but God wanted it in a hospital so that many would hear the testimony and see the evidence of God. Mr. Martin said, when I turn around to see you, I will have to admit that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will have to confess that he works miracles today even in my section in the hospital. Mr. Martin has now returned to his country, Canada, but he has returned believing that Jesus Christ can do the same miracles that he did when he was here on earth once Mr. Martin accepted my healing he said oh let's do something let's call that woman who prayed for you let's do something yes when we see the reality of God and know that he has visited us we want to do something may God bless and use this testimony in the lives of all that read it what an amazing testimony of someone on her deathbed being healed of MS and completely restored but you know my analytical mind I have to analyze things so that we could better understand what was missing in her life. She believed that God was going to heal her but that's not faith. Believing that God's going to do something is not faith. But her testimony helps us better understand that believing is only one part of faith. And that's why we're talking about releasing our faith with actions. And whether it's rise up and walk Or saying. Jesus said if you had faith you would say. We have got to say what the word says about us to release our faith. In the book of James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 James the half brother of our Lord wrote and said if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive Don't let him think he shall receive anything of the Lord. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So in this verse we see that faith has got to be unwavering. That faith has got to be released to receive the blessing of God. Everything we receive from God comes by grace through faith. But faith involves believing and acting. Not just believing. And when we believe that God's going to do something, that's doubt and unbelief. Faith believes that God has done it. Faith receives it now. That's how faith works. So let's kind of analyze and I wrote these out in your notes so that you can see it. Just what did she believe first of all? What she believed was in Hebrews 13 8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And as you see him through the gospels and you know what he did to the gospels he's no different today than he was then. He's the same healing Jesus today as he was. In Exodus 3, 13 and 14 we see here and Moses said unto God behold when I come unto the children of Israel and say to them the God of your fathers hath sent me to you and they shall say to me what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses I am that I am. Not I was that I was but I am that I am. He said thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel I am has sent me unto you so she believed that Jesus was the same, she believed that God is the same and he never changes and he is a present tense God right here right now the third thing was found in Acts ten thirty four. God is no respecter of persons then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons these are her own individual scriptures that she based her faith on that means if God will do it for one he'll do it for another it doesn't matter who they are he doesn't respect people No different. Next Luke one thirty-seven. she believed that no matter how impossible her situation was and imagined she was at the point of death to the point they covered her with a sheet and thought she was gone blind. He may say that basically you could see her bones her flesh eaten away. Crippled up, couldn't walk couldn't do anything, paralyzed. For with God nothing shall be impossible is what she believed. And then Isaiah 53 verse 5 is another verse that she based her faith on. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes or with his stripes we are healed. This is her basis for faith. Isaiah 59 verse 1 was another one that she embraced. It says, behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. She believed that he could save. And that he could hear. And even though her faith wasn't finely tuned as it should have been. She still continued to say I will walk out. On sh- with these shoes. I'm leaving this hospital. Wearing these shoes. Romans 10:17 was another verse that she said that she based her faith on. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And she knew the more she would hear from the word of God. Her faith would increase. So that was kind of the foundation for her faith. The basis for her faith. But then what. Let's put it this way. What didn't need corrected. What didn't need corrected as far as her testimony is concerned? How she saw herself. Remember how she said she saw herself? I see myself walking out here, out of here, out of this hospital wearing my shoes. I don't see myself less than a human being. I don't see myself destroyed from this condition. I see myself. She had vision. Uh, Proverbs 29:18. it says where there is no vision the people perish. She saw herself well. She saw herself whole. She saw herself leaving that hospital wearing shoes walking in those shoes where there is no vision people perish. Also God gave Abraham a vision if you remember. He gave him a visual aid and said that if you doubt, if you have any kind of concerns, worries, or fears, look at the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. And when you see the stars and you see the sand and you can't number them because there's so many, so shall thy seed be. I'm not giving you one child. I'm giving you multitudes. And he had him always look at that. See our faith needs something to look at. Don't see yourself any other way. Don't see your child any other way. Don't see your child defeated. Don't see your child rebellious. You start seeing the end result. You start seeing what you want. You see yourself walking and leaping and praising God. You see that job coming in. You see that money coming in for your need to be met. You see peace in your home. You start seeing it. God will give you a vision. Now her belief that God will heal heal her even when man says it cannot be done, didn't need to be corrected because she knew the ability of God. That God can do it. And that's why she said that one day I'm walking out of here because I know, I know that He's my healer. Notice something else. What needed corrected under point three? What needed corrected in her life? Well, first of all, in the article, if you remembered, her love walk. Remember that Jesus came to her and spoke to her and said, Do you love everyone the way I love everyone? And she said, no, how can I love everyone? Some people I don't even like, is what she said. But you know, a moment with Jesus in his presence, and that love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You may not like someone's attitude, maybe even their personality, but it doesn't mean you don't love them. A moment with Jesus, and she had that corrected. She loved with the love of Jesus Christ, God gave her that love, so she had to correct her love walk, because you see faith works how? by love, and what about her fear her doubt and her unbelief, Mark 9, 23 and 24 in these verses, Jesus said to the man who brought his son who was possessed of a devil to have the devil cast out, but the disciples couldn't do it he said to them if thou canst believe, he said to a man, all things are possible to him that believes and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord I believe, help mine unbelief where am I missing it, where have I allowed doubt in fear in or whatever, help, mine belief, she had to have that corrected and she did have it corrected and then also there was no contact with her faith and the power of God she's lying there believing and believing and believing but it's like a live wire that's connecting to nothing you see if the wires are separated there's not going to be a flow of power so she believed but what she believed was God's going to heal me but she kept on saying I'm going to walk out of here so God honored that faith And sent someone to her to do what? Connect the wires. Gertrude you believe in that glass of water right there that it will quench your thirst. And if you don't drink it you still believe it will quench your thirst. But as long as you never drink it it's not going to quench your thirst even though you believe it will quench your thirst. So Gertrude You believe that God is going to heal you or God's going to save your child or God's going to set this person free or God's going to do this, that or the other thing. But there's no connection between what you believe and the release of your faith, the power of God through faith. You've got to drink the water. You've got to receive the water to make the connection. You've got to receive it. It's by faith we receive from God. Not God's going to You've got to actually receive it like you receive Christ as your savior. And isn't it wonderful how she said, Jesus, I receive my healing like I drink a glass of water is how she said it. In other words, she basically, you could say, just acted the whole part out. I'm drinking it right now. I'm drinking it right now. And at that moment, she saw Jesus right by her bedside. You tell me he doesn't respond to faith all those months that she was like that all those years for 15 years she was like that nothing 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 but when the connection came between what she believed and the power of God through the release of faith boom there's Jesus on the scene who touches her in mark 11:24 when Jesus taught the prayer of faith therefore i say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe you receive them and you will have them, just like you're drinking in that water I'm receiving your healing powers right now, I'm receiving it not you're going to heal me because that keeps the separation between what you believe in the power of God, but I'm receiving it right now, I'm receiving my miracle, I'm receiving my healing, I'm receiving my deliverance, I'm receiving the Holy Ghost and power, I'm receiving a job I'm receiving direction. Whatever it is that we need from God, that we desire from God, we've got to believe we receive. Now, what were the results? Jesus touched her and made her whole. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet and restored life back to her. And now she is a a living testimony of the power of God that could even turn back the hand of death. What a powerful manifestation. Now, she said from the very beginning that she would walk out of the hospital with shoes on her feet. What did she get? She got what she said. It took some work along the way, but she got what she said. It took correcting some of her thinking, but she got what she said what about us she's healed the multiple sclerosis she's delivered and set free by the hand of God on a deathbed she got what she said I am walking out of this place with shoes on my feet what are we saying about our lives what are we proclaiming about our lives what kind of vision do we have for ourselves Do we see ourselves doing things that are productive? Or do we see ourselves being overwhelmed by the circumstances of life? Overwhelmed by the enemy's lies? And as a result, we start saying what we see? We start saying what the enemy speaks into our hearts and minds? What are we saying about ourselves? Do we see with eyes of faith Do we have vision that takes us beyond this realm that we can see beyond anything that this world has to offer? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith has vision beyond the natural. And I realize that this is one of the most difficult things for us because we're so bound by our five physical senses and so ruled by our five physical senses. We're ruled by the circumstances that surround us in life that we think that this is how it has to be. And we're almost convinced that this is how it has to be. The doctor's convinced that she couldn't be healed of multiple sclerosis. The doctor was convinced there's no way she will die. As a matter of fact, he said, You should have died the day that Jesus healed you, but she didn't die. And she was completely made whole. Because you see, he couldn't see beyond the microscope. Man can't see beyond the telescope. In many cases can't see beyond the stethoscope. He only sees what can be seen with the five senses. But God says there's a whole lot more for you to look at. Don't look at things that are seen, but look at the things that are not seen. Can these bones live? God spoke and said to Ezekiel, the prophet, the valley of bones, where there was a war and there's nothing but skeletons And he says can this, can these bones live? Can this be changed and corrected? And very sheepishly Ezekiel responds and he says to the Lord you know, thou knowest and what does he say to Ezekiel the prophet speak to the bones, speak to the bones and they became skeletons. Can you imagine Sifting through all the bones of all those that were there. The soldiers that had died. And finding which one goes to which body. And they all began to, they found their way back. Almost like a thing on TV where you can just see that happening. All the bones came to their rightful place and rightful body. Oh my goodness, we have so limited God by our unbelief. Think about it, haven't we all? So limited God by unbelief. You look at something like that, and it's not possible something like that could happen. Not in this realm in which we live, but he says, speak to the bones. Speak to the four corners of the wind. And the dust came. And that dust that was stirred up was the DNA. The ashes of every person went to the same body that housed the bones. And came to life again. Does that challenge your thinking? Does that challenge our hearts and lives? Oh my... This is the kind of God that we serve. When he says nothing is impossible, he means nothing is impossible. But notice, speak to the bones, speak to the wind, speak to the spirit. And it all came into being. Oh, beloved, faith has got to be released in action. It takes action And the primary action is our words. But what saith it? The word is nigh you in your heart, in your mouth, the word of faith that we preach. That if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, the Christ that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We believe for something but we've got to act it out. We've got to say it. We've got to act. We've got to do it. And so that's how faith works. I'm not waiting to get it. I got to a place where I say I've got it. I've got it. I call myself delivered. I call myself healed. I call myself set free from my heart. And you know what? God will sift through the heart. If there's some unbelief that's in there, he'll root it out of us. He will help our unbelief. Amen. Amen. So that we can stand firm and stand strong and see the hand of God move in a powerful way in all of our lives so let's believe God together, hallelujah I pray this inspires all of us to think about what we're believing and think about what we're saying because the two have got to be in sync and when these two come in sync, praise God, you create a dynamic power for the living God, hallelujah, that can set the captives free, that can bring into the material world the thing that we're believing God for Nothing is impossible. The limitation is not with God. It's all possible to us if we but believe. And that is the criteria. So let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school,